Welcome Pastor Todd as he comes this morning. Eight. The Bible says, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Touch your neighbor and say, the devil has sinned from the beginning. But I love this part, for this purpose, yeah, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. He might destroy the works of the devil. I don't know about you, but I'm about fed up to hear with the works of the devil. But the Lord has come to destroy those works. I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 3, just to the left of 1 John. You're going to come to 2 Peter, then you're going to come to 1 Peter, just a few pages to your left. Verse 8, finally, all of you be of one mind, have compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous. Now, I'm telling you, we could just camp out in 1 Peter chapter 3 and learn a few things, couldn't we? Couldn't our culture learn a few things? Don't return evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days. Who in the house loves life and wants to see some good days? Now, I'm about to unlock something for you right here in the Spirit, so don't miss it. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't be playing words with friends. Come on, don't be chatting, checking your email. Don't be waiting and see what's happening and appearing on your phone. Who in this, this place right now would love life, would love to love life, and want to see good days? One more time, raise your hand. Well, here's the key. Watch your mouth. Refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from seeking deceit. And he adds, let them turn away from evil and do good. You see, it's not always the devil's fault. It's not always the devil's fault. I have a responsibility to turn from evil to do good. Now, this is if I want to love life. And I want to see good days. You see, God wants you to love life. Then he says, seek peace and then pursue it. Run after it. 
For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. We have a part, God has a part, and obviously the devil is playing a part. Now I want to spend a few moments on the subject, on saying these words, please do not torment me. I want to talk to you about the devil this morning, his role, his responsibility in what's happening in our culture, in our world, and, and, and in many cases in our individual lives. And according to the Word of God, we all know, according to good teaching from the Word and the reading of the Bible, that the devil and his demons, how many would say they are fallen angels? We would agree with that, right? They attempted to overthrow God, and they were defeated and cast out. Now, with that being said, I, I want you to understand that demons are real, and they are active. I am under the impression that they are more active than what we give them credit for. In the Western society, we have devils just like they do in third world countries. The difference is we have the ability to medicate them We have the ability to blanket over them. Uh -huh. Third world countries do not have access in a lot of cases to the pharmaceutical industry that we do. Mm -hmm. I believe devils are real. I believe they are commissioned and their desire is to lead people away from God and to ultimately destroy people's lives. Your Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 or 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 that Jesus became man for the very purpose of destroying the devil's work. And you will know in the scriptures that I give you a few references Matthew 9, Mark 7, Luke chapter 4, we find out that Jesus's ministry in part was to cast out devils. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. As the work of God increases here at the North Georgia Revival Christ Fellowship Church and around the world, I want you to know the devil's not going to take this lightly in any, any, any instance. There is a grave threat to the work of God here in Dawsonville, as well as to every church. He wants to oppose every good and healthy thing that he possibly can. Anywhere where there is life being promoted, he wants to come and to undermine it, chops the legs out from underneath it so that we will become more religious than we are kingdom-minded. Mm -hmm. Talk to me. The Bible says very clearly that Satan is the God of this world, little g. So to underestimate him is to your own peril. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 tells us 
that the devil walks the earth, he and his demons, looking for people that he may devour. Your Bible says that in Mark chapter 1, verse 27, that the demons are described as impure spirits. In fact, turn to Acts chapter 5 for just a moment. Acts chapter 5. Mark 1 tells us they're impure. 1 Kings says they are deceiving spirits. Ephesians says that they are the powers of this dark world, spiritual forces of evil. Acts chapter 5, verse 12, And through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them very highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Now watch this, verse 15. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. And at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem, bringing sick people and all those who were, watch this, tormented by unclean spirits, and your Bible says, and they were all healed. Now listen to my words very carefully. We have got to get out of the mindset that devils are third world problems and demons only manifest in unsophisticated, uneducated areas. Devils are as active here in the United States, if not more so, than any other nation in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They are disguised, they run undercover and in many cases are careful not to manifest and to show their true hand because they have devised ways and tendencies to get their job done without manifesting in ways that we see sometimes in other cultures. Your Bible says here that they are tormenting spirits. Tormenting spirits. In this room, some of us may be under the influence in certain areas of our life, and you are being tormented mentally emotionally, and physically. Just because you are a believer that has the blood of Jesus upon you and applied to your heart, even reading the Scriptures, you are not off limits to the devil and his tactics, strategies, plans, and agenda for your life. 
No one in this room is of a greater stature than the Apostle Paul. And in the Bible says, in his own writing, from his own pen, that I am encountering a thorn in the what? In the flesh. And a messenger from Satan has been assigned to me to buffet me. In fact, if you are spirit-filled, I'm talking about on fire for God, you are a prime target for the enemy. But fear not, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I have been called more than a conqueror. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, there are folks in this room that are experiencing torment from demonic spirits. One, your physical body is in pain. You're mentally in anguish. And things in your life are contorted and completely out of shape. Demons always look for open doors. They look for passageways, entranceways, to enter into a person's life, even a believer's life. Demons can come and influence you and pound you, buffet you, hound you in every possible way, not only because perhaps you are a threat to them, but also because, and more so, of open doors that I have allowed entrance into my life. It is imperative as God's people that we guard our eye gates, our ear gates, our mouth gate. What we place in front of us, what we expose our ears, our soul, our spirit, and our physical bodies too. These are ways that the devil can come and see that he has access to our lives by permission. By permission. A lustful spirit never attacks a man simply because he's a man. Lustful spirits come to men because we have exposed ourselves to stimuli, pictures that arouse us, that get us excited. Our flesh begins to crave and to say, I wonder what that would be like. Even though you are married, happily married. But because there is access to so much nudity, so much, not only suggestions, but all right invitations, that now it's not a magazine that you have to go and purchase at a convenience store. It is with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with a click of a phone or a scrolling of the thumb. There are many Christian men that are demonized. Hmm. I'm going to say it again. 
And I'm not here blaming the devil for everything, for your Bible says if you want to see good days and enjoy life, you've got to make some decisions on your own. But because we have made some poor decisions and opened up doors and given access and permission, the devil has walked through those doors and taken territory that was once sanctified Now, I'm going to make sure that you hear what I'm saying. There are Christian men demonized in this room. You are tormented by an unclean spirit in the area of sexual impurity, lust, pornography. And you're wondering why you can't get free. And you're wondering why I've been to the altar multiple times. In fact, I've even been in the water asking the Lord to drown those impure, unclean spirits out of my life. Because in your heart of hearts, you don't want to do this. You don't want to view those things. You don't want that to be a part of your life. But you have opened the door and granted access to that area. And now not only is the enemy in that area, but he has the keys to the door. And he will always have keys to the door until you do something so radical that you literally take everything on your phone and you hold yourself accountable to another man, to another woman, and not another woman, but specifically to your wife. And you say to her, every day, I want you to check this phone. Every single day, I'm going to come in and lay it at your feet. And, there's, and you're going to have complete access and my computer at work and also my work phone. Because some of our men know nothing on this phone, but she doesn't have access to my work phone. Not only on top of that. I am also going to go the next degree and I'm going to get the keys and I'm going to download on my phone software that triggers somebody that I trust every time there is an image either by Facebook or something that comes along my screen that triggers them somewhere in another city and says, oh, we need to send a warning to his accountability partner. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I, I'm. Do you hear what I'm saying today? Seventy percent of all men in the church have an addiction or a problem with pornography. There's demons swirling all over this room right now. I mean, they're scared to death. Because I'm not playing. I'm not playing with the Spirit. I'm not, not going to dance around it. I'm not worried if there's a child in the room. Dear God in heaven, we give them a phone and they see things a whole lot more than what this preacher's talking about at the age of three and four. While you're locked up watching your Facebook page, they're locked up looking at something they shouldn't. Yeah, Lord. You want to see good days and enjoy life? 
You got to make some tough decisions. Honey, come here, baby. Here's my phone. You have access, come here. You have access to every conversation, every text message, every, every image on my phone, who I talk to, everything, the data is right there. I love you. You are the, you are the princess of my life. I give you access to the very thing that is, uh, that is attempting to destroy my soul, my relationship with you. I, every day you have access to it. You look at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. We want, we want instantaneous freedom by getting in the water, and then you get mad and says, it doesn't work for me. When it, Listen, and it doesn't change your attitude, it doesn't change your addiction, and it doesn't change your pornography lust. You see, we want deliverance in an area that requires discipline. We want an instantaneous deliverance. Take this from me, God, so I don't deal with it. And God says, I'll take it from you, but I want you to go to the next level. Now, don't run to me. I can't be a, a thousand men's accountability partner. I don't need that. <laughs> Pastor, you be my... <laughs> Two or three of us, I can't handle a hundred of you or a thousand of you. You hear what I'm saying? Pastor Marty can't. Pastor Marty, will you be my accountability partner? Listen. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, ladies, this goes for you. I've never seen so many women addicted to pornography in all my life. I, I thought it was a man thing, but we all know different. I, the people get in water and they'll say, I'm just addicted to pornography. I said, you're, you're 18 and you're a girl. You see, there's some spirits in this room that the pastors and leaders are afraid to deal with. They're afraid to talk about this, this, this sexual issue, these sexual... Listen, listen, the reason our culture is so, so sexually perverted and we don't know what's a boy and what's a girl, we don't know it, 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 what, what's going on is because the men have been literally incarcerated with this demonic spirit. It has tangled us up. It has literally put chains on us. My Lord in heaven. So, torment. Some of you have some secret accounts, secret phones. You're able to wipe out, you do a good job wiping out your history. You really want to be free? Find that website. Pastor Marty can post it a little bit later. We've had several men go through this, and they'll contact three men anytime that you ever go on a website that may even be questionable. And three men anywhere in the country will call you and say, hey, I just got a notification that you were on this site. Is that true? Yeah, I had a weak moment. Put your phone down. Get on your knees. And we're going to pray right now to break that spirit off of you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Lord. You hear what I'm saying now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. I'm just telling the devil's bad. He, 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 he's, you, 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 better, you better respect what he can do in your life. He roams throughout the earth 
seeking whom he may destroy. Look at it again. Tormented. Tormented by foul, disorderly spirits. Unclean spirits. You know, these demons are interesting creatures. They walk in unity. Isn't that an interesting word that we got this morning about unity? Devils are more unified than the church. They know order. They know how to keep rank. I am being stricken with a, big, with a headache right now. I am hitting it, right? I'm telling you, I'm preaching and I'm feeling this incredible, incredible pressure under my left eye. So, Lord, I thank you that we're on point. Thank you, we're on point. Now, listen to this. It is important that we grasp this. Devils walk in unison, in legions. Thousands of them inhabiting one person. And only one of them spoke. Devils can be persuaded. One third of them were talked into something. Devils demonstrate emotion. They're created beings by the Lord, created spirits. They don't know all things. Your Bible makes that abundantly clear. And according to Luke chapter 11, in fact, turn there. Are you okay? All right. Luke 11. Hand me that water if you would, please. Luke chapter 11. When an unclean spirit, verse 24, goes out of a man, he goes through what? seeking rest and finding none. He says, I'm going to return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put into order. Then, watch this, verse 20, then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. See, there's different levels of demonic influence. They're not all created the same. They're not all the same. Before they failed, they all didn't have the same responsibilities. And when they failed, they had to rearrange their positions and fight for posturing in the kingdom of darkness. That's why Ephesians chapter 6 says what? We do not wrestle with flesh and blood. Talk to me. Yeah, Ephesians chapter 6 says it this way. We do not wrestle with flesh and blood but with what principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of weakness in the heavenly places and then he says since knowing that 
Put on the whole armor of God. I love this. Demons can be tormented. Mark chapter 5 said and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, you son of the most high God? I beg you that you do not torment me. This word torture means to inflict pain upon me. Luke chapter 8, the Bible says, When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice, What have I to do with you, Jesus, the Son of the, God, of the Most High? I beg you, torment me not. Matthew 8, And behold, they cried, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, Son of God? Aren't you here to torment us before our time? If Jesus can torment devils, I believe we can torment devils. Yeah, I'm going to say it. If Jesus can torment devils, I feel strongly that you and I can torment devils. If they can torment us, why not us torment them? We're always on the receiving end. We're always sitting back and saying, I'm going to take your best punch. What about the church rising up and giving a punch into the throat of the devil? Come on, talk to me in this house. I, I, I feel that type of anointing in this house right now. Well, I don't, know, I don't know if that's scriptural. Well, let's read our Bibles together. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Uh, go there. Verse 1 and verse 2. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over what? Unclean, stenchy, listen, foul, odorous spirits. To do what? To cast them out. And then not only on, that, on top of that, to heal all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. And then Jesus said in, in verse uh, 5, or, or really verse 6, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Look at verse 7. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and to cast out devils. He says, freely you have received. Now I freely want you to give. Do you not think for a moment that the devil is concerned about the level of glory and fire and the spirit of the living, resurrected God being in a church, controlling his people. Do you not think for a moment that the devil has his eye on certain churches and places and leaders and church members and covenant partners and elders and deacons and men that love God and women that love the Lord and children that are seeking God. Do you not think for a moment that the devil is aware of them and tempting them at every moment and at every place and at every time to compromise? In Acts chapter 19, your Bible says that they were a group of exorcists there were Jewish people, a father and seven sons, I believe it was. The sons of Siva. And it says they took it upon themselves to wear the name of Christ and to cast out devils. 
And they entered into this particular area and there was a man demon-possessed and they said, we encourage you and exhort you in the name of Jesus, come out of there or that person's body. And the devil said this, listen to this, the devil spoke to those men and says, Jesus, I know and Paul I know, but I have no reference, no recollection. I don't know who you are. I can't identify who you are. You are obviously not a threat to me, so therefore you've not entered my radar, my scope. You have not done enough for me to be concerned about you. Come on now, somebody giving glory. So I'm here to tell you today that the devil is aware and he is concerned about what God is doing in this place. But I've come to send some good news home with you that we are going to begin to inflict like we never have before pain on the devil. We are going to inflict torment on the devil. Can somebody stand to your feet and believe God with me this morning? We're going to begin to inflict torment on the devil. Oh my goodness, he will regret the day of ever putting his... My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. You may be seated. Look at Luke chapter 9. Let's just jump to Luke chapter 10. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. He says, I'm going to send you out as lambs among wolves. Look at verse 8. Luke 10, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as set before you. And then he says, and heal the sick. He says, tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Heal the sick. At no point in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John did Jesus ever instruct his, instruct, give instruction to his disciples to pray for the sick. He says, you go operate in such kingdom dynamic, kingdom power. You, you snuggle up so close to me that who I am now gets upon you and in you. That you go do what I would do. Well, I just don't believe that's of the Lord. I don't believe we can do that. Have you ever been under the influence of a deceiving spirit? Well, you are. Now, who's going to tell you you can't do it? God? No religious teachers that are under deceptive spirit. Because my Bible tells me that these things are written so that we can learn from them. The Bible was not written to tell me what we can't do, but telling us what we can do. It wasn't written to tell me what God used to do, but the Bible's written to tell me what God wants to do. Why would he dangle a carrot in front of us and say, well, you know, that was for them and not for you today? Aren't there sick people in the world today? Aren't there demonized people in the world today? Aren't there folks that need hope and life and peace today? Why in the world would God pull that back and strip his people away from operating in that kingdom authority? Oh, it gets better. Now look at what he says 
in, in verse 9 again, and heal the sick, the kingdom of God has come near you. Then the 70 returned in verse 17. Now watch this. With joy saying, even the devils are subject to us in your name. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Jump to Luke 9. Then he called his 12 disciples together, gave them power and authority over what? First thing he mentions, all demons. Everybody say all demons. Say it, say all demons. All demons. And so it's very important that you understand, mom, dad, listen to me, you have authority over all demons that are running through your house. I mean, your living room may be sanctified, but your, ch your child's bedroom may be filled with all kinds of demons. Well, how do I know that? Well, every time I play a video, a video game that is demonic in nature. Oh, Lord. Why? I mean, I, I, I want us as parents not to be naive. And under, if you understood the images, the messaging, the nudity, and the suggestion, click here. Even the advertisements on your kid's video game, role playing, a boy and a girl coming together, and they ask the question, what do you want her to do? And give you three questions, three answers. You want her to take her top off, kiss him, or walk away? Well, so a seven-year-old looks at that and clicks one button, and then it opens up a whole new window. Now what do you want him to do? And so we're giving our children these devices that are filled with such evil, I don't have the answer. But parents, don't think simply because you're in here praying in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, that your children are off limits. You can pray a certain hedge of protection around them, but they're making choices that expose their spirits to things that they shouldn't be seeing. These games, and I'm not, I'm not anti-video games. I'm just telling you, the dragons, the demons, have you, have you noticed how they look? Goat horns. I mean, I could go into this all day long. People from the dark side are seeing what the dark side's like. And they're putting this in video games. The hate, the murder, the violence, the lust. Do you hear what I'm saying? So the point I'm trying to make is, it may be time for us to walk into our children's space and say, let me see what you've downloaded on your phone. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, 
oh, that's going to be a hard conversation, and I don't want my little baby to be upset. And then this is where the devil gets us. Well, everybody else has these. And it's not so much, it's, it's also, now watch this, I can't control everything. So when I get online and I begin to allow my son access or daughter access to be in a live game and playing people from all over the world, and your son, your daughter's 9, 10, 12 years of age, hearing language and conversations. How old are you? I'm 12. Oh, you sure do sound pretty. And all her life, she's never been told she's pretty. Ignored by mom, ignored by dad, put in a room. I don't have time for you. You're pretty. You sound pretty. You sure you're 12? I bet every boy's crazy about you. See, dad, while you're sitting there looking through your Facebook and trying to find followers, your kid's being followed. And while I'm at it, please, parents, please, please stop putting nude pictures of your babies online. We're in a totally different area. Atop this and in panties and, and in a swim, listen, in a swimsuit. Listen, guys, listen, I know you worked out hard. You look great and you want to show off your breast and all that new stuff you got and all, and you want to show your hips off and the tone and, and you're looking, man, I look at me and all this type stuff. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're giving place to the devil if... There has to come something about modesty entering back to the, to the house of the Lord. I'm not interested in seeing a covenant partner in her panties and in a bra on the beach. I'm just not. Not when we're hosting revival. That may have worked when we were all backslidden. You got to watch these things. Guard your heart. You're called to be different. You're not of this world. You're no longer all the family getting around, and let's just see how skimpy we can make things. I know, I know you're proud of your body, but listen, when you put it out there and there's a man that sits in this congregation and watches you on this platform, they're not looking at you today in your skirt. They're looking at you through the skirt and saying, I remember that image right there. And you may say, well, that's not my problem. No, it is your problem. Because the Bible says you need to know how to control your vessel with honor. It belongs to her. Hers belongs to me. I don't want... I'm meddling. I'm meddling. This is why we lose about 250 people about every three months. Is that not the truth? I mean, I'll get the emails. Dear God, you've done, you done trying to control my life. I'm just trying to help you. All right. I got to go. I got to go. Thank you, Holy Ghost. All right. Y'all don't, y'all don't egg me on anymore. I just want to be nice. So let me give you a couple of things. Don't go looking for demons. Do kingdom work, and one of the two things are going to happen. You will confront them in the midst of your doing. I'm going to say it again. Do not go on the devil witch hunt today. 
while you do kingdom, you're going to confront them in the midst of your doing. Living holy in your home, getting rid of stuff on your television, getting rid of HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, Netflix, cuss words, all the, getting rid of that stuff, you will, you will begin to immediately see a decrease of demonic activity. Listen, they're in your tongue-talking house, and you're sitting there, and you're watching GD this, MF this, SOB this, and it's coming through your video screen at your kid's room. It's coming through your phone right here and your Facebook page. Come on now, somebody. It's coming through your Netflix, and you're wondering, why do I have all these problems? Torment. Why can't I get ahead? Why can't I get ahead financially? Why, why are my kids always acting up? Why can't I have anything? Why is everything always breaking? The Bible says if you want to live a... If you want to love life, it says... And have good days, make good choices. That's like, that's like getting in bed with a rattlesnake and hoping it doesn't bite you. I'm just going to look at this image. I'm just going to... It's just words. It doesn't bother me. No, you flip the guy off with your finger going down 400 because he cuts you off. Where did you think that came from? That anger. Blessed be the Holy Ghost. Devils will chase you in an attempt to stop you. So don't worry about finding them. They're going to find you. They're not our focus. But hear me, we will handle them if they get in our way. We will not play with them. We will not entertain them. We will not pursue them and seek them out. But if they get in our way, we will torment them. Yeah. All right. Everybody good? Now, I said all that to say this. I have gone around the mountain. We are in a very unique and beautiful time as a church. And I, and I humbly with you accept where we are. To get here did not come overnight been a long journey and the journey has just begun I appreciate so much the prayer covering because as soon as y'all began to pray my headache left after about a minute it was just amazing thank you for praying thank you thank you thank you I appreciate the prayer covering and I want to show you just a couple of the images right here. I want, to, I want to show you something on the screen. And I'm in a kiddie pool here, or not in it, but on the outside in Virginia this past week. And I met this individual. He was an one of the leading white supremacists in Virginia. 
spent 10 years in prison. He walks into the building on Monday night, and you could see if we pulled in, he has tattooed over his ear white power. And on the other side, the Nazi symbol and all of that, the uh, Nazi flag, everything. And um, I watched him while I was preaching on Monday night, watching, looking, and being distracted. He was, he was sitting in the environment of glory and fire. You see, every time I leave, Ethan sends out an email to 25, 2,600 different people around the world that pray for these meetings, and you... While I'm there Monday night, we're in here praying. He comes to me on Monday night, and I said, hey, bro, thanks for coming, da-da-da-da. I said, you going to get in the water? He goes, no. But he says, I'll give you my word. I'll be back tomorrow night. So this is the tomorrow night. He goes underneath the water, and... Now, Honestly, you know, guys, it's like 12 inches. We're doing all we can. I mean, just people grab pools. You know, they do whatever they can. I mean, it has butterflies on the side of it. <laughs> and he goes underneath that water, and he comes up. And I noticed something's happening to him physically. And he starts shaking. And I said, what's going on? He says, I am overwhelmed. And I feel so light. All his life, this demonic influence, the hate, the anger, that was seeking to destroy him. But in one moment, because of people like you that say, you know what, this is not a game for me. This is just not a church experience for me. This is just not something I'm going to put my foot in every now and then. But I am literally, literally, literally... Look on his hand. Felon. Prisoner number. It is to these that he has come. This is why tomorrow night at 6 o'clock on a holiday, there'll be nearly 200 people in this room. Oh, did I share this with you? Uh, I, I, I don't know if I shared this with you, but take a look at this. There he is in his white T-shirt, giving his heart to God and getting born again right there in an American Legion building, not a church building, an American Legion building. <laughs> Woo! Somebody ought to bless the Lord this morning. Somebody ought to give a... Somebody ought to give him praise this morning.
I mean, just the, I, I'm, I'm so appreciative, Todd and Carrie, coming up there on Monday and Tuesday night, baptizing people uh, in, in whatever these things are that we were baptizing in. And Samantha and Noel, both of you guys, your family, were there baptizing folks, encountering the power and the presence of the Lord. I get there, and I, um, I meet this young lady here. I think this is her. Um, I hope I sent the video, but uh, this, this lady here. Yeah, I meet her, and if I don't have the video, I'll send it to you tonight. But I want you to know about this young lady here. When she was two years of age, Nathan, where's Nathan? Nathan, okay, you know her. When two years old, her daddy took her and threw her against the wall. She couldn't speak because from that point forward, her, her whole face was disfigured and broke jaw. Right, Nathan? Could not speak. Could not speak. She moaned as her daddy picked her up and put her on the bed. She was moaning as a two-year-old. Her mother came in and found her before she bled out. This church... I'm not mistaken, and she'll tell the story tonight on video, that she received a prayer cloth from this church. Was it a prayer cloth? You, you sent her a prayer cloth and has not spoken. She lays that prayer cloth on her mouth and her body and now can talk. Is that the truth, Nathan? getting better and better and better and better. You have no idea. You have no idea. No idea. On Monday night, here's the harvest that came in in that American Legion. Thank you for praying. People coming to know God. This was Tuesday night. People getting born again, getting saved. David and Genevieve, come here very quickly. I'm going to close with this. Willie, we're going to pick up tonight with, where's Willie? I'm going to pick up with the story tonight. My time's slipping. Come on up here, David and Genevieve. I need a, I need a handheld mic. Welcome them as they come, would you please? I want to, you guys spent four, um, four, and, a half four and a half weeks in India with yeah, yeah, in with some in of our slums, people yeah. in the slums. slums. Explain the slums. Hold the mic real tight. Yeah, so there were two slums we were working with. Uh, one of the slums uh, were 40,000 homes. One of the slums, which was two hours away from the city. Uh, there was another slum where the church, the slum church was, which was close to where we used to live, that had 2,000 homes. Wow. So those are the two slums. But the slums, what we entered, entered in, there was a lot of demonic activity, a lot of prostitution. Uh, the spirit of suicide was rampant. A uh, lot of child sex traffic, uh, tra trafficking, uh, selling of organs. So, uh, but I'll tell you, when we walked into the slums, uh, thank you for all your prayers. There was a covering over us. COVID was raging. Uh, 
we would walk into the slums, we would, feel, we would see people coming to us, burning with fever, and when we pray with them, God would touch them and heal them. Now, I want you to tell me about the young girl, because I'm going to show you guys a video in a moment. Are we okay? I want to show the video of the young girl who could not speak. You want to tell the story, Genevieve? Sure. Yeah, come on up here, please. So um, one, of the, one of our assignments before we left was to activate houses of worship. God gave it very specifically to David. And uh, one of the homes we went to, um, they have two little girls. The three-year-old uh, is completely nonverbal, was completely nonverbal. Um, the doctors told the parents that uh, she is, according to them, severely autistic. She couldn't make eye contact, and we saw uh, and we heard just sounds come out of her. Sounds. Just sounds. Uh, no words. Um, she couldn't say mom and dad. And um, you know, David and I, with uh, my, you know, a couple of my family members and Noah, we went to the house. We were invited to activate this house of worship. Parents were, were uh, very, very willing to receive, and we took towels. Towels from? Here, we, did, we took 150 towels, we dipped it in the water, and we took it to India. And, and Pastor Sherry gave us 40 vials of oil, and so we went with that. And we prayed over her. Noah was praying in the spirit. Your son. My son. How old is I'm he? 13. It matters where your kids grow up and go to church. I, I actually, we actually paused. I paused praying to hear my son pray over this three-year-old because this is a diagnosis Noah received when he was three, that he'll be slow, that he will not read, he will not be able to learn. Um, he had a speech impediment. So Noah knew, we knew the anointing Noah carries. So we placed the towel on this little girl. We didn't see anything happen that day. A day later, we were sent the video. Now, notice this little girl who would not make eye contact. Yes. She is staring at herself in the video and singing. And on top of that, she's addressing her mom and dad as mom and dad. In uh, what language? They speak English. second my lord she's what now she's singing sing hosanna to the king of kings the first thing that came out of her mouth was that because she could hear all up into this time but not able to articulate <clears throat> because of a prayer in your son but also the point of activation of the towels yes Mm -hmm. Now listen to me. Mm -hmm. Y'all may, not y'all, but people think, well, that's just hocus pocus. What's, you know, but I've seen, we've seen towels all over the nation and all over the world 
people get instantly healed. A young girl, I don't know who prayed for that and who was here on, it's important you come to church on Wednesdays. Because this is what we do. I'm just too tired. You're going to miss the whole thing. Anything else about her? Uh, no, she's thriving. She's actually in school, <laughs> in preschool. <Mama>. Yes. <laughs> Take a look at the screen. I, uh, in June, excuse me, January 2018, I, on this platform, I heard the Lord say to me, I'm going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit and fire. And, um, you know, there's, we, we try to capture it as many ways as we can. And, and you know, we just fall short. But I love this one. When he said, when I saw for eight seconds fire on the water. So you guys took a group to, uh, from the slums, right? Or where, give, give me the background. So we took a group from Chennai City. Um, yeah, 200 kids and their moms to a camp. Uh, that's about four hours away and then two hours into the mountains. For four days, we went on a retreat and we took a pool and we baptized over 50 people. In the cold, where we were in the mountains, it's cold, it was 62 degrees. And the day we baptized, uh, it was raining, it, the wind was whipping. We didn't think people were going to get in the water because people aren't used to cold and they got in the water. And, um... This is important why we give in those orange envelopes. Y'all know that we bought the van, $17,000 in one offering, the van that you... That 21000 Was it 21000 there, there was money coming More money, $21,000. Yeah, covered the entire van. My Lord. So. Well, we, we called it the salvation van. That, uh, that group goes out there every week to the slums preaching the gospel but the impact it's created that was seven years of prayer that went in for this man seven and you guys were the answer to their prayers so what I'm going to show you everything that I have spoken about to this moment culminates with this last video it's a minute and a half long but you're going to see these two with their team in a swimming pool that they packed up on from Walmart, right? Or where did y'all get that? Amazon. You bought it from Amazon. <laughs> and it was one of your luggage. Yes. Okay. With the suitcases. That's a ministry. Let's just carry swimming pools everywhere we got. And so they had a lot, of, a lot of demons. They worshiped 300 million gods over there, right? Probably more than that. 300 million gods, monkey god, lizard god, snake god, um, oceans, trees. It's a lot of demons, a lot, lot of demons. A lot of demons. Yeah, Y'all come on up here, gods. come up here. They got a lot of sexual gods they worship. So it's pretty demonic. Uh, I tell you, the demons were just going crazy there when we would enter a place. Were they, tell me about on the ground, what were they doing? Yeah, so we would pray for a lot of these young kids. Uh, I mean, some of the, one night I remember while we were praying, uh, they were manifesting as snakes. 
Well, it's about 80% of them. It what was does like that a mean? Snack. Were they like on the ground? Yeah, on the ground, slithering, hissing. It was like a snack park. Basically, it was like a snack park. But I'll tell you, the authority we walk in, in the name of Jesus, right? Heaven comes behind us. All the angels come behind us. And nothing comes against the name of Jesus. I'm telling you. Uh, Stand to your feet. I want to show you this video. And Nicole, I want you to do the video. And then when I say stop it, stop it. Because 30 seconds into this, they are baptizing a lady that cannot speak any English. No English. Make no sure. English. No English. Not, not a word of English. They're from the slums. She's from the slums. And this devil begins to manifest. Now, notice where she is. She's in the baptismal water. And remember what the Lord said to me, I'm going to baptize people with Holy Spirit fire. Notice also, in the Bible, the Bible said that the devil would speak to Jesus and the others and say, are you here to torment me? Devils hate fire. Revelation 12 says that's where they're going. Jesus said it. Hell's not prepared for us. It's prepared for the devil and his angels. Devils feel. Yes. They're not just individual spirits like, you know, just they feel pain. That's why he said, don't torment me. Don't send me out, you know, the, the, the demoniac. Can you send us to the pigs? We don't like being out in a dry place. We want to inhabit something. Or they're seeking dry places. In other words, they're, they're, they're finding the, um, the possession of people. And pigs so here it is the devil will manifest and then you're gonna hear something that he, she says in English that's very important and then I'll stop it right after that and then we'll rewind it and play it again let's watch this Turn. Be careful, yeah. now we command, I command that headache to leave her right now in Jesus name I rebuke you you have no right in her body I rebuke you in the name of Jesus I break every generation of curse over your life I'm breaking in the name of Jesus. I'm breaking that down in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave and walk In Jesus' name. I rebuke you. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Okay, she got that. She got that. She got that. She said, I am on fire. Get me out of here. I'm on fire. That when she's saying, she's also speaking in her native language, saying, I'm, I'm burning. And remember, the water is 60 degrees. We are freezing in the water. It's 60 degrees. It's cold. But she's burning. She's burning. And she's speaking in English, too. The devil is speaking. It's not her. It's a demon coming out. So that you would know, as English-speaking people, that also were bilingual, you could hear and understand, but also... The devil said, I am on fire. Get me fire. out of here. Right. I know it's a real loud, and maybe we can pull some of the thing down so they can hear it again. Just go back a little bit. So, Colin, if you can work with the acoustics on that. Let's watch this again. I rebuke you. You have no right in the body. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I break every generation of curse over your life. I break it in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Nicole. Father, we love you and we bless you. Church, the devil has come to play for keeps. We cannot dabble with Christianity. We can't dabble in just being just saved. I'm just going to heaven. I've got my my paper, so to speak. We're in an all-out war. So look at me. Thank you, David. Thank you, Genevieve. Thank you. Let them know you appreciate them. Thank you. Joni, if you guys would come, we're going to close with one song. But listen, don't move around yet. Don't go, don't try to beat the rush out of the parking lot. You're, don't do that. Honor the moment. Church, listen. We are at war. The Lord spoke to me that there'll be a hundred men and a hundred women, young people, that will answer the call to the ministry, that will be sent forth from this house to travel to all the corners of the earth. And one of the prerequisites may be they go with a carry-on with a baptismal pool. It's not the water. Listen, it's not the water, but it's a place of demonstration. It's a place where God says, that's where I'm setting my glory. And a lady gets in there that is, cannot speak English and says, I'm on fire. And the demon said, I'm on fire. May there be such glory in this house that every devil refuses to walk through those doors. I'm going to say it again. May there be such fire of the Holy Spirit and glory of God, such the weightiness glory of God in this house that every devil has to, listen, listen, you're on your own for the next two and a half hours. I'll pick you back up on the way out. Flaming swords, angels protecting. I embrace it. Listen to me. 
I embrace the moment. I embrace the struggle. I embrace the sleepless nights. I embrace the travel. I embrace getting up at two in the morning, fighting traffic to catch a six o'clock flight. I embrace 19, 20 hour days. I embrace the climb. I embrace the fight. I embrace being disappointed. I embrace watching sick people get in and sick people get out and die three weeks later. I embrace the headache. I embrace the turmoil. I embrace prayer. I embrace the commitment to pray. To come with my family. I embrace death. Whether by life or by death. May he be glorified in my body. I embrace the giving. I embrace it. A hundred of you, not just teenagers, but a hundred of you will be sent out of this house as evangelists, prophets, teachers, apostles, pastors, baptizers. We have not seen anything yet. It's just the end of the beginning. This time next year, some of you will be on foreign soil. Some of you will shed blood. Some of you will be dragged out into the marketplace. Others of you will be physically sick as you're attacked by the devil. You may have a a demon sent to buffet you. But may the Lamb of God receive the full reward of His suffering. For I've been bought with a price. No sin, no addiction, no side thing, no drug, nothing is more important to me than Him. God, I embrace the climb travel, the gas money, the weariness on my physical body. I embrace growing older sooner than I should in my physical body. But Lord, when I step out to see you, may I be completely worn out with nothing else to do so that I can look you in the eye and not be ashamed. The altar's open for the next few moments. If you want to come and pray, pray. If you want to come and kneel, lay before the Lord, come. If you're away from God, come. If you're addicted to porn, come. Today's the day.
We're going to pray for the next four or five minutes so you come as we sing this song. Lord, prepare my hands for war. Prepare my hands for battle. Come on, church. Let's enter into a time of prayer and seeking God. Fill this altar up. feet all across the room today. Father, I bless your people today. I thank you that I get to do life. 
people who understand nothing is worth the exchange of following you. All in, everybody, all in, all in, all in, all in, all in, all in. Embrace it. I speak life over, strength, blessing. Take care of them, Lord, financially, emotionally, their children. Thank you, Lord. Prodigal's coming home. Sickness in our houses are leaving. The kingdom has come. And everybody in the house said amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Thank you guys for being here this morning. I, I, want to, I want to encourage you to be here tonight at 5 for prayer, 6 for service. Wednesday night, Jesse Green and Parker Green will be here on Wednesday night. You certainly want to be a part of that as well. We love you guys. Have an incredible, most adventurous afternoon, and we'll see you today at 5.